What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening to New Hill Talks, a podcast for the members and regular attenders of New Hill Church. My name is Michael Meadows. I'm the lead pastor at New Hill Church. I am Gary Fox, former pastor of the month, two months in a row. Man, that feels weird. Just restart this. I don't know. Uh, man, it's, it's good to be back, man. We haven't yeah. we haven't done this. I haven't done this at all uh, for a while. Had some people on our case. Uh, shout out to Sue Juarez, uh, who's, number one fan. Yeah, I think. been been on us uh, about getting these done. And I'm actually recording another one uh, tonight. Of course, it won't post for a little while. But uh, Nelson and I are gonna meet tonight and uh, talk about uh, worship, singing songs, and and what it's like to lead worship. So it's like two interviews for me today. That is so cool. yeah, so. Uh, aside from the stuff that you know that we're gonna uh, get into and talk about, um, how's life for you, just mm. in general? A little, uh, a little awkward. Yeah. A little weird. I don't really know. Just got off the campaign, so that's like go a million miles an hour and then stop instant. So I'm kind of. Have you ever been in a car accident? Mm-hmm. It's like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good analogy, actually. Well, because I was going uh, 25, 30 miles an hour in Cleveland one time. I think it was a 25. I was going right at the speed limit. It was like 25. I just really pulled out from our space. This person runs a stop sign. I go from 25 to like dead stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember kind of sitting there like. What just happened? Yeah. And like I knew like I'm like looking around. My airbags all had like popped out and um, kind of like Did assessing you the situation. Did the airbag? Uh, the airbag slammed itself in Did the face. Um, no, I don't remember it hurting. Um, I remember like being a little bit confused. Um, and I was a little worried too because the car was going so fast blowing through the stop sign that I hit them and then they hit a telephone pole that came off and it was just dangling by the, like, wow. the cord. So I'm like, man, if this thing falls on me and I'm just sitting in this car, like that may kill me. Yeah, um, wouldn't that be something? Yeah, so I get out and like I'm just assessing the situation. It's like you said, it's like, so I'm on my way to set up church, the church that we were involved in in Cleveland. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going there right now. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. My plans have changed drastically. That's not so, happening. Now. So like, yeah, what are we doing? I could imagine it, yeah, being like that, uh, for sure. So, yeah. That's, so kind of just yeah, trying to. Uh, yeah. So in the past week, what have you done? Not much. Good. <laughs> I mean, honestly, and we'll get into that. Why I think it's good that you've just kind of been chilling, but we uh, went around. Uh, so the election was Tuesday night. Jim lost Jim and AC. I was on his, I was his regional field director, Northeast Ohio, which ended up morphing into basically like north of Columbus. But um, so then, then, so then Wednesday it was like literally decompress, like the first big decompression. I don't think anybody did anything. And Thursday and Friday and Saturday, I drove around and took signs down. Yeah, that's kind of depressing. Yeah, it is, man. Um, yeah, I remember Tuesday night, man. I thought it was crazy. So like, I don't follow um, a lot of like elections, like closely like, states. Yeah, like the presidential, state, especially yeah. Because what was this again? The primary or the general? It was a it was a primary. The primary. Both. So yeah, I've really never paid attention to these, but I was like, you know what? Like, let's let's start, you know, getting involved and doing our, our right thing, do our, our fulfill our uh, civil duties. I will say that um, this. I think this primary in Ohio for the Republicans, the Democrats, you heard nothing about. Mm-hmm. Literally, I don't think there was two articles written about. I don't think I saw anything. Nan Whaley won, so she's she was the mayor of Dayton or something, or Cincinnati down in Southwest Ohio somewhere. Okay, 
very liberal. But she had she I don't even I can't remember who she was even running against. I would know it if I saw it. But they had a primary just like Dewine and <laughs> Renacy and Blyson. I don't think I saw signs. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Mm-mm. So and same with the Senate. But the Republicans had all kinds of drama. I mean, it was so for this primary, it wouldn't have been hard to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, because there was interesting stuff that went on. Yeah. Like. Uh, Josh Mandel and Mike Gibbons almost got into a fist fight during the debate. I don't know if you saw that. That was pretty epic. Oh, they got geez. each other's. Mandel got in Gibbons' face. <laughs> My I think like, that may have been part of the reason why Trump didn't endorse either one of them because it was not a good look. I don't really know what Gibbons was supposed to do, but I think he got sucked into that drama, and Trump was like, I ain't getting involved in that. Yes. Yeah. And then, of course, the governor's race had a lot of drama to it with Blystone uh, involved. He was a character for sure. So, yeah, it was just a. It was not a normal primary season. Huh. Yeah. So it it was interesting to watch. But I remember like that night looking, and they called the race really quick. Um, Very quick. Yeah. We and, heard like so the polls ended at seven thirty, and we heard Dewine was projected to win. It was like ten after eight. Yeah. In fact, Brad Parscale, not to name drop, kind of a big deal. He was Trump's campaign manager and blah blah blah. And he was our, he was our. Uh, I don't know what, what term exactly. Chief advisor. I don't think he was technically a campaign manager, but right hand man for Jim. But he come up to me and goes, "They just called it for Dewine," and I thought he was kidding. If you don't like, if you ever be around um, Brad Parscale, he dresses just like you, wears hats like you, he thinks he's cool like you. <laughs> so, like, he, you know what I mean? He's not tidy whitey conservative. He's kind of like hip, cool, conservative guy. And um, I like him a lot. And he, wa- he said that. I thought he was kidding. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, no, bro, I'm serious. And I'm like, Wait, just what? walk away. He said, he said it was NBC News did. So I was like, yeah. oh, this is going to be a rough night. Yeah, man, that's tough. But yeah, so we watched that and. Um, I told Audrey, and she's like, you want to call Gary? I'm like, first off, I know he's with a bunch of people tonight, but no, I'm going to give him some time. <laughs> I hit you up the next morning. You're not going to jump off a bridge, Gary, right? You're yeah, all right. Well, yeah, no, I, I knew, yeah, you were good. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, all I can think about is, like, not a train wreck where everything just unhinges. It was just you go from a certain speed to just a dead stop. Uh, yeah, that's just yeah. too. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to get into. So uh, there's been some changes. Um, and uh, you you sent out a resignation uh, from being an elder at the church. Uh, a great little letter letting our church family know that you're you're sticking around. You all are still going to be faithful members. Continue serving. And um, I thought it was great. But giving some people some context of of really everything that you've you've done uh, the past. Uh, we'll get back into it uh, when it started. But you know you've been busy. And and one of the things that I think can sometimes be overlooked uh, is, is how busy the, the pastor's life can be. There's, of course, some weeks where you're just like, oh, this is chill. And then the next right. week hits you like where Ooh. it's like three, four weeks packed into one week. And you're like, oh, okay, this is why that one week was right. a little bit more chill. Uh, so that happens. And then the political world, when campaigning is coming up, um, it's super busy. So you've been a pastor. You were a pastor with us. We uh, voted you in uh, January of 2021. Yeah. So you served for like a year and a half. Uh, faithfully, you did the candidacy the whole year before that. Um, when did you get into uh, helping Jim Renacy's campaign? Um, so I had, so 
I'm trying to think where to start here. I'd actually volunteered for him okay. previous campaigns because he was our congressman. Jim Renacci was actually buying. Oh, you volunteered for him in previous campaigns? Very little. I, I okay. mean, nothing to He was a senator, correct? Uh, he ran for Senate. Well, I, I volunteered in that race. Okay. Up, that's another train wreck that I feel bad some ways. It's hard to feel, You know, people say, how can you feel bad for a multimillionaire? But that, that poor guy, man, because he was running for governor yeah. uh, in. What would that have been? 15, 16, I guess. Yeah. Or no, wait a minute. No, no, no. I'm getting my timeline messed up. In 17, because Trump was already president. So, yeah. So that was kind of a midterm election there because mm-hmm. senators are six year terms. They're not four years. Okay. So a lot of times their elections are on oddball years. Yeah. So he was up winning in the governor's race initially. This is before DeWine was elected. Okay. Josh Mandel was running against, uh, oh boy, my brain's not working right now. He was running against uh, the Democrat. Okay. Why can I not remember his name? He's a big name. We need, So Josh Mandel had some marriage problems or whatever his deal was. Felt like he needed to step out to figure out his life, which left a huge gap. And there was very little time. Yeah. President Trump uh, called Jim Renacci who was our who was a congressman in our district here in Medina and uh, in this region for eight years was winning the governor's race <laughs> called him we can't lose the Senate literally it's long story short but like he called him into Washington and you got President Trump who's alleged in of himself with conservatives and he's just the president looking at you across the table and says your country needs you Jim to jump in this Senate race. So he took over for Mandel? Yes. Okay. And he almost won. Yeah. Very little time. The Republican Party didn't support him, blah, blah, blah. It was a. So Jim took one for, you know, did his best with three months to go. Lost so he him. resigned from a position he was already in. He resigned out of that race. None of the money he had raised for the governor's race could, so he had to start. Oh, yeah. So he's up. running for governor. Okay, sorry. So I'm Trump pulls him out of that race out to of jump into the Senate race. Got it. Try to save, pull that out of the fire. Now, what positions has he held? Congress, and Congress, and mayor. That's it. That's he it. was he was my mayor of Wadsworth. Really? Yeah, he was the mayor of Wadsworth for eight years. That's why I love Wadsworth. If you notice his his pattern, yeah. Jim always does eight. He believes in term limits because there's no term limits, and he but he did eight years as as a mayor. Ended up running for Congress. Did eight years. He believes mayors should have term limits as well. I would think so. I don't yeah. know if you've ever heard him talk about mayors, but for certain in, co- in like federal and right, state right. Prop, prop, sure. uh, positions. So he's like, I can't be a hypocrite. Because once you get elected, you just stay there forever. I mean, incumbents win like 97% of the time. Mm-hmm. So, he, and he was popular. I mean, he did a good job in Congress. So he just kept, but he was like, this is garbage. So I'm coming out of there, ran for, <laughs> ran for governor. They pulled him into Trump really pressured him. I mean, you, you can't, when the President of the United States says your country needs you, and specifically you, to do this, so he felt obligated in a sense. Where am I going with this? Anyway, so he ran for Senate, but I yeah, did volunteer yeah. some for him then. Cool. After that, he started, Jim started what's called uh, the Ohio Futures Foundation. Yeah. Which was kind of his way to stay in the mix, continue to talk to people, and basically, I don't think he was 100% sure what he was going to do, but I think he thought this would be a good move if I decided to run against DeWine um, in the primary. So I did volunteer work for him on that. So I had some 
relationship with him. If you guys remember, I was in college. Finally, I did everything backwards in my life. Like I started my career and then went to college instead of college and career. Yeah, and you just graduated this the summer. Fall? Summer, summer, and then you were going to start your masters and then held off. Yeah, I started my, but I contacted Tom Wyant, who's uh-huh. also from Wadsworth and has been Jim's right hand. I think even into his congressional runs. So I and I went to school with Tom's brothers. Like Tom was a little bit older than me, but I knew of him. Those of you that are from this area, if you were around in the 90s, Tom was in the local kind of celebrity band, Fifth Wheel. Okay. They were a big deal. Really? Those of you, nice. Yeah, if you were a teenager in the 90s in Northeast Ohio, you probably into rock and roll. I was born in the 90s. You were probably aware of the Fifth Wheel. So anyway, that's Tom's story. So I contacted Tom, and he's just a local conservative. You know, conservatives know who each other is, are, yeah. kind of. So I said to him, and I worked, did some volunteer work, not a lot, I don't want to exaggerate that but um, I said hey man I'm graduating with a degree in in uh, biblical government like Bible and government from Liberty I said I'm, I, I can either get more be- you know plug back into my business more or I got the chance if Jim can use me I'll, I'm jumping on yeah so that's how I, so he said yeah man so I started off as a campaign aide which just meant that I followed, like, I, whenever Jim was north of Columbus. A I campaign made? Aid, not made. <laughs> campaign aid. So I would go, I would meet Jim, I would get to an event. If it was north of Columbus, I would go, get to an event, t- half hour before Jim gets there, make sure all the literature is passed out or signs are put up, whatever he needs. Each event was a little bit different. Talk to the event coordinator and just make sure, hey, when's Jim going to go on? Is there anything we need to know? Blah, blah, blah and basically just be there. And then when Jim was there, just kind of stay in the background. If Jim needed me to do something, like sometimes he'd point and say, go get this person wanted something. Like let's say they needed a... So when was this again? This is started like October, kind of, November, and into December. And eventually those points, he quit talking to you and he would just point and you would know, right? I knew, yeah, yeah. pretty quick, the way the boss yeah. would, you know. Sure. And so he would, so, and sometimes That's I would cool. drive him around places and stuff, so that as an aide, then in January, I went full-time and did uh, as a field director for Northeast Ohio. So that meant I did all the aid stuff where I was do- I was still going into all the events. And there would be sometimes two or three a day. Like, I mean, it was like boom, 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 boom. But then I was also coordinating volunteers uh, in outreach efforts, like door-to-door stuff. But when the weather was bad, you know, when it was cold and stuff, we did a lot of phone calling. And then that changed into, and if we had he won, it would have been primarily almost exclusively door to door, knocking on doors, passing out literature, that kind of stuff, and then going with him to events. Right. So, what was the most you drove in a day, like a day's time? Dude, I don't, I don't know. Like I drove to. One time I had an event in Toledo in the morning. Then I had to go to um, from Toledo to somewhere in Ashland, I think. Drove there. <laughs> there went some like all over. Didn't you do like a Toledo, Ashland, Sandusky in one day? Did I go? I may have went back. I had to go back to Sandusky. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh wait, no, no. Yeah. No. What's Youngstown? Didn't you do that? I'm pretty sure that was a trip one day. It may have been. Like, I, I feel like I talked to. You. I would be in the car sometimes, like just driving and talking to people on the phone. Yeah. Like, I felt like there was a day where nine, you literally were driving northwest, came back almost central with Ashland, mm-hmm. and then you busted out to the east. Maybe I went, maybe it was Youngstown, I don't remember, 
dude, there were so many crisscrosses. Yeah. And like, so every Sunday night, I would have to send my boss, Joe Fork, and I'd have to send him a report of what I did that week, right? Because they got to track this stuff, right? How many doors did we hit? How many phone calls? Blah, 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 blah. How many events did you go to? And so Sunday night, I would literally go, I, like, we'd have all of this, I'd have it all tracked, but like, off my mind, the week was such a blur mm-hmm. that I could not remember. I sure as heck couldn't remember what I was doing Tuesday and Monday. And right. So like I, 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 I had to go back because it was such a blur. Every day was like gone. Mm-hmm. I was in so many different towns and cities and, and little little places, big places. Like I couldn't remember. It was like all blurred together. Yeah. I'd be like, oh yeah, I was there Monday night. Like I totally forgot That's that crazy. I was there. That, that was when I was field director. When I was just a campaign aide, that was easier to remember what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely, I mean, it was off the wall. Every day was something different. There was no pattern to it. Other what than, was the, Yeah, and what was the average you were putting in hours per week, starting in January? I don't think I did less than 70. Yeah. Like, honest, and I, I'm not kidding. Um, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, like, we we definitely saw so, that, right? Yeah, just trying probably to, like, about $5 talk hour. with you, yeah. Like, if it was a 40-hour-a-week job, it was a pretty good gig, but... <laughs> Right. Well, there yeah. was no overtime. Right. No. So, what is like one of the the coolest things that you learned? Um, oh. Maybe that you didn't like really think about going into it. About leadership, man. Yeah. Being with Jim Renacy, watching him, that made, I would tell people like, and I still would say, like, yeah, you're working 70, 80 hours a week. Sometimes it was just like seven in the morning till midnight at night, like just, just phone calls and busy and chaos and running around and putting out fires and because in the political world the news cycle like if something was going on sometimes a new something would break or or a rumor would start or you just constantly have to react to stuff so and I'm dealing with volunteers they'd be hitting me up going is this true or you know did Mike Lindell did he endorse Jim or not so it's putting out all these little fires or whatever but the cool to, to watch, so you're so busy, and but nobody was out working gym. Mm-hmm. So it like makes you like, you don't feel like you don't, <laughs> it'd be different if like he was like chilling mm-hmm. and then you're killing yourself right. for this guy who's not working hard. No, right, no, taking naps. No, no, that guy, and like, and he always, Jim did not get too high, he did not get too low. And so to watch him manage the chaos, it's not his fault because it's coming at him. So him watching him deal with it, talk about it, hear about it, react to it, kind of behind the scenes, because you see the public face, but to see how he works behind the scenes and how he doesn't, not he was unflappable. I mean, the guy was like made of, this is like an Iron Man, like Man of Steel. Um, that was a huge thing to to learn, you know, because pastoral ministry is similar in that, like you just be living, you know, doing your little pastoral thing, and then all of a sudden someone just died, or someone has COVID, and this about is in more COVID happens. COVID, ha- yeah, COVID happens. Do you remember that as like ministry just completely changed overnight? All of a sudden, you you get a phone call. This hasn't happened, but imagine like Jeremy Dubois or Jeremy Newman, one of the deacons, calling saying the church's flooded. Like yeah. just crazy, con- just nonsense. So to watch how he dealt with that was very beneficial to me. Right. And then I mentioned Brad Parscale, watching his leadership 
and how he conducted, we'd have a conference call every morning, kind of a war room, where we'd figure out what BS hit the fan the night before, if anything, not always, but you know, that's where that stuff was discussed. How are we gonna react to this, you know, Joe Blystone video that he put out, or Mike DeWine is, like the last couple weeks, Mike DeWine, think what you want about this, but he was going to various, coincidentally, I'm sure, very critical counties and just giving money away. It was all in the news, like just saying, oh, we're going to give this grant, we're going to give this to Stark County, we're going to give this to Lucas County. So how, you know, being aware of it, we would talk about it in the war room and then, you know, how do you deal with this? So watching Brad deal and you've got all alpha males and alpha females on this team mm -hmm. that's the other thing to remember everybody thinks they're the smartest person you know ever i struggle with that believe it or not so i mean just my personality types all of us on there and watching brad right guide that direct that he would sh if something was said we let's okay we're gonna instead of going here we're gonna go here is that what we're doing yes end of discussion like if somebody else wanted to keep talking about it he'd be like no no we're and just move on mm -hmm. like move on to the next thing we're not wasting time once a decision is made that's it boom yeah. Jim what he wants to do boom and he just kept the meetings tight so I would say that was awesome yeah learning from like the masters on how do you organize an organization like that when you've got so many variables that are out of your control hitting you how do you keep how do you keep it going like mm -hmm. that was sweet just sitting back and watching it right um so you mentioned uh joe blystone that's my buddy yeah so this was one of the guys who was running against the incumbent mike dewine and um a little fun tidbit here uh hmm. i happened to see uh your face pop up on <laughs> asking if anybody knows this guy so one of the things <laughs> So one of the things that you did, um, it, it was an order. It wasn't something you just went out to do. It was for you to go to these other guys' events yeah. and sit there and just see what's being said and what's going in on. In the political world, and that's called tracking. Yeah, and it's not we were spying. No. You, weren't, you weren't a hidden person. Although sometimes trackers will spy. Right. So they're like acting like they're But not. you weren't wearing a toupee. You didn't put no. on anything else. You Glasses with a mustache. Sat there, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, he, he knew who I was. He, and he found out, and he, he put your picture up. And you became, yeah, you became a little bit of a, a meme under in the comments. That. Yeah, I wouldn't either. So, um, it's what? That you, you sign up for it, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, were, were you surprised by that to see kind of like how how nasty it can get with... Uh, yeah, because... Even... I won't call it being... Or running for governor. I won't call that uh, that seat of authority a small seat by any means. But... It's a lesser and, seat than president. And, and then when we're talking about a grassroots guy uh, such as himself. Uh, oh, he had to fight tooth and nail. Yeah. So, like, and I he did. He on did. him, yeah. blah, 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 you split the vote, blah, blah, blah. But that guy worked his tail off. Right. And he was he was a fighter for yeah. sure. He wasn't a winner, but he was a fighter. So, that, so did that surprise you to see he, you, you he kind of become the central <laughs> theme of attack for a second? <laughs> Did surprise me. It's like no, I guess it didn't surprise. Me. No, it didn't surprise me because you just don't. You just know you're gonna. It's like in a boxing match where you're surprised he hit you with a left hook. It's like well, yes and no. But, but like, here's I the knew, thing. I knew I was gonna get but, hit. I, but here's what I mean. It's like him and Renee are boxing, 
and he sees you, you're over there no, co- okay. coaching from the corner. The bell yeah, rings, and yeah. he runs over and just hits the coach <laughs> and then goes back to his corner. It's like you kind of got That's the way politics is now, yeah. so it's not beanbag. I mean, it's legit. Um, what I didn't love was, so he didn't do this, but, you know, his followers, several, a bunch, hundreds of them, went yeah. to our website and went to our Google reviews and left, like, all kinds of bull crap, like, non either one stars yeah. and all that stuff. That's called, like, it's a form of doxing where you put my face up there and say, who is this guy? And then people say, it's Gary Fox. Then they go to my Facebook to see who I am and Google me. Oh, this guy, him and his wife own a daycare. And then it was like from that step to then now we're all going to leave 300 negative reviews on his. So I didn't love that. Um, he didn't tell him to do that, you know. I, uh, I was in an event with him the Friday night before the election, so whatever that date was, mm-hmm. in Defiance, Ohio. So have you ever been to Defiance, Ohio? It's not a little... West of here, right? Yeah, it's yeah. almost Indiana. It's like three hours away. They've got an Acts 29 church out that way. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, never been there. Right. And so, it was actually kind of... I was, just, I was a little bit aggravated. They sent me out there three hours away, told me I was going to speak for Jim for 10 minutes. I get there, and the guy who's running it says, well, some more local candidates are here, and they would like some time. So we're going to say, we're going to give you five, everyone gets five minutes. So I'm thinking, and there wasn't a big crowd. So it was like 40 people. All remember, 40 people get five I minutes. I remember thinking, I drove three hours. This is the Friday night before the election, right? This isn't sometime in February where there's a little bit of time to breathe. And you're a, pa- uh, a Baptist preacher. Yeah. So, so five I drove minutes. Three hours like- for five minutes to 40 people. <laughs> okay. And I'm a little aggravated that. Okay, that's what goes on behind it. You know, everything. There's always any job. There's stuff that goes on, but then all of a sudden, it say I can't remember. I think the thing started at six. I'm there at quarter after five because I like to get there early and make sure our stuff is up. All the other, and make sure you got to watch the dirty tricks. So like you set your stuff up, but then you got to keep your eye on your stuff because somebody may just walk off with fifty signs and go throw them in the dumpster. Mm-hmm. Not to say Joe Blystone or Mike DeWine. Because he's, I've some of his supporters sent throw my stuff away, <laughs> but not to say they're directing anybody to do it. But I don't think they're gonna lose sleep if they find out that their supporters are doing that kind of silly stuff. So you're, you get there early, you set your stuff up, you're watching. I'm kind of aggravated. I'm like, I can't believe I drove three hours for five minutes for five minutes to forty people. Then all of a sudden, Joe Blystone walks in. I did not expect him to be there. Nobody knew he was coming. So he shows up, and he's always oh, he has an entourage. So he probably had 15 people come with him. So then all of, the, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, this is awesome. Joe Blystone's here. I'm going to get to punch it. But when I started my little five minutes, I just, I, or at some point in there, I, I had said that I, I addressed him directly. You know, like, if we split the vote, DeWine wins. I said, you know, I know Joe's right here. I said, you know, he and I, our relationship started off a little rocky. Okay, but we're, we're working on it. And people kind of laughed at it. I think he was even kind of smiling at that little comment or whatever. So he's kind of, you know, he and I are at a point where we can shake hands. I've been around him or whatever. But it's definitely not, you know, it's not beanbag. Right. Yeah. You stick your neck out there, you're going to get punched. So what was the most difficult part? So you're doing this uh, 70 hours a week. Um, they've got you running across the state. 
and you're still pastoring, co-pastoring a church. What was the most difficult part there for you, like mentally, like um, feeling like I didn't know what was going on, like yeah. I didn't, or I actually did know what was going on, sure, but worried that I don't. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of times I'd be driving, I'd call you, I'd call Simon, I'd call Mark, and be like, okay, what what is, because I was gone 70, 80 hours, 73 hours, whatever it is, every week's different. But I'm in the truck, so I can make phone calls, right? So I'm trying to stay in touch that way, but like there's just all this paranoia of like, what do I not know about? Do the people feel like they can't call me? Do they even know that I'm gone this much? Like, you know what I mean? And like struggling with like knowing that a pastor is not, I'm sure it goes on, but like I'm too much of a purist in my mind. Like you can't just be a Sunday morning elder. Mm-hmm. So like wanting to know like. Man, I thought that was really good to hear too. Like in your letter, it was a good reminder to me. It's like this, this work is serious. Like we can't, we can't just be Sunday morning only. No, guys. it's like it's uh, a 24 hour thing. Like you can't. And not that like I ever thought that about you. Like I said, just when you, when you wrote that in, in your letter, um, it was a good reminder to me of the importance of of pastoral ministry uh, day in and, and day out. So, yeah, man, I can imagine that just being like a, a very difficult thing, especially when your heart, it, your heart's being split, right? It's not just like two normal jobs, right? No, like, it's like, like you're, you're in to the political world now um, because you think that we need uh, strong, really evangelical leaders mm-hmm. there. Like that's the thing with the conservative world that that's difficult too is like you've got people who have the same values, but it's like, man, we need, we need people who... Right. Who know Christ. That's the biggest thing as far as the church world in dealing with uh, conservatives is to assume that like we don't need to reach out to these right wingers because we need to reach out to the left wingers, which we do, obviously. Obviously. But the assumption that all these Trump supporters are all born again and all these Renacy and Blystone and Pataquita and all these people in our state Jonah yeah. Schultz was in our running for uh, Congress in our area, in our district. So all we don't like, we don't need to worry about them. No, most of them are not saved. Most of them mm-hmm. have very little, I would say, idea as to what the gospel is. So that's a big miss. I don't. I hope nobody thinks that. Right. Because that is not true. Right. Now they may be caught up in the cultural Christianity. The name of Jesus gets mentioned, and everybody who's Drinking beer and like you know with their with their don't tread me sign yeah. you know flag out the back of their right. truck and all this stuff there that does not mean they they understand the gospel so no we need um, people that do understand the gospel and share our the same concerns but we need to be providing guidance to them mm-hmm. like understanding that like this is not about Democrats this is about the demons and principalities. And the spiritual warfare that's going on behind that mm-hmm. movement, and I'm convinced it's all of it. I mean, at this point, you know, you're, you're supporting killing babies. You don't think that boys and girls are real. You, I mean, at what point are we going to go? This is just not of God. Like, how? Do, I, I'm not ashamed to say it anymore. Like, I defend that. Mm-hmm. Defend any of that from the Bible. You can't. So you lose. It's not. So, but it's not the Democrats. It's not. Nancy Pelosi, it's not whatever, whoever you want to use as an example. It's not it. And Trump's not Jesus. And Jim Renacci's not Jesus. Like, you need to see 
We need leaders that can see behind what is really going on. Now, obviously, we have to resist it. We're right. called to resist evil, to call it out, name it out, and to fight back against it. We have to. Mm-hmm. It's not even optional. Um, but we have to have strong, evangelical, Bible-based leadership. Because the conservative movement will go just as haywire, just in a different direction, mm-hmm. without God. Right. Period. Right. Period. Yeah. And I think that's so good, you know, like seeing seeing you step up in, into this passion of yours. Um, I hate seeing you step out of, of one role, but understanding, and I think like what I've like learned just in seeing you uh, help with the Renacy campaign, is that we really do need people who are, who are helping lead this charge. Like, um, I think it was you and I were talking as like, the whole Black Lives Matter movement, like where, right. like it absolutely went wrong, was like not having evangelical leaders like help lead the charge, um, and then it's it's taken away by these horrible philosophical ideas and ideologies that um, right. that like a certain group of people is the problem. Critical but, like, race theory, yeah. Right. But like when a Christian's leading this charge, you understand that sin's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. And, like sin's affected all men. We need the gospel to change, and and the Bible talks about all these things. It talks about uh, politics, right? Policies and. And the way that the government should work and operate. So, I mean, having the beauty of America was that at one point we understood that, right? That that this works. Society doesn't matter what form of government. You know, we're constitutional, and but if it's not in fear of God, under God, it, you know, like one nation under God, right? Forget it, right? Like you're you're going to trade one tyrant for another. And it's just a constant. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that I think everybody has to be a born again Christian. Don't get me wrong. That is in government, right? So it's kind of like because, but they have better govern according to biblical, basic biblical principles, or they got to go. So even if you don't believe this stuff, I can't. That's between you and God, right? But like, you better rule this way, right? Which is where you better it's act like you do because this stuff. you can have influence over. Uh, so I'll use Renacy as an example and say uh, this is all hypothetical, even though I'm using a real person. Say Renacy is not a born again person, um, and you're there to help influence him and guide him and direct him. Right. He doesn't like you said. He doesn't have to be born again to have a, a fear of God or yeah, healthy fear. You don't have to be born again to sign a piece of paper, right? A law, you know, to sign something into yeah. law, right? Right. You just got to do. You got to sign the right papers, and so Christians are. That's the role of the church. Mm-hmm. The role, so we got everything so goofed up now. Like, the government is not given authority by God to dictate to the church what we're to be doing. Mm-hmm. It, that's literally the reverse. Sure. The church is not to be the ruling's authority, but the church is to be instructing the government as to what does God want from government. Mm-hmm. Not on all the details, but on the basic principles. This is your role. Mm-hmm. So we're we are the ones. Everything is so backwards right now. The, Doug Wilson, I love that guy to death, and he, the way he describes it is like there's a battle for the dictionary. Oh, a for battle sure. for the dictionary. Yeah. Whoever wins that battle wins everything because you're defining the terms. Mm-hmm. So if we can't determine, like, so who who is supposed to be the guardian? Of the dictionary, what's what's a what's a human, what's a life, what's a marriage, mm-hmm. what's a what's a man, what's a woman? Mm-hmm. We define these terms, 
then the government's job then is to go, okay, what are these, okay, this is what these words mean. The church is confirming this through by the Bible. So the church isn't willy-nilly doing anything. Here's the rule book, they're the referees. This is what these words mean. Then they take those definitions and govern mm-hmm. and make wise, there's some making wise decisions based upon biblical definitions of life, of liberty, of prosperity, of taxation, of war, of race, if you want to use that term, or ethnicity. Right. Bum, 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 down the line. So, yeah, so I don't, I, so that doesn't mean, again, back to, you don't have to be born again, spirit filled. Bible believing, devil stomping, blah blah blah, Christian to be a good ruler or a good governor or a good president or legislator or judge, but you have got to fear God in a sense. The Bible uses the term of God fearers. Mm-hmm. You got to recognize that, like, I'm, even if I don't know exactly how it all shakes out, these are the big things, and this is how we're to govern. Right. And you say, well, you don't like that. Well. You're going to end up in communist China. Right. It'll be one oppressor or another. And world history proves that. Mm -hmm. America was the very first nation that ever was able to, to, not perfectly by any stretch, but to to kind of hold that in bay. Mm -hmm. This flip-flopping one tyrant after another. And it doesn't matter what part of the world you're in. You can go to the Incas. You can go to the Aborigines. You can go to the Africans. World history is just one dictator conquering another one and then establishing his some form to one degree or another of a dictatorship or a tyrant, uh, a tyranny. Right. So anyway, I'm going on and on. But anyway, so that's Good. why I have a passion for it because this stuff freaking matters. Like, yeah, it really matters. It's not like in the 90s where, you know, okay, we don't like the abortion thing, but like, you know, Bill Clinton was a Democrat he, he was not um, telling me that I have to get a vaccine. He was not telling me that I have to um, let boys go in the girls' bathroom when my little girl's in there. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing that. Right. So this politics stuff, it's like, you know, it's that went in our face. We stayed out of it. Now we see what happens when Christians stay out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, not all Christians did, but many Christians did. Right. Most just did not want to rock the boat. It's kind of like let the politics shake itself out. We're going to stay over here, focus on quote unquote gospel issues and kind of give basic principles, not get into this stuff. And now here we are. Now we have a president that tried, he got stopped, praise God, but tried to mandate an experimental vaccine be forced upon anybody who works for a company with more than 100 employees. Right. Like, what? What? OSHA stopped that, right? Is that OSHA? No, OSHA was enforcing it. it oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, yeah, it's good. So, I, what, what's next for the Fox family? So, by the way, and I should be mentioned that it's not simply me stepping down is also in part due to weaknesses that I'm seeing in my marriage. Sure. I'm not, I mean, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I'm not ashamed to say it, I guess, or to confess to that, um, to where this season, because I had to do some evaluation and talking to Naomi, and I do not, and she does not think that this campaign life caused these these stressors and these uh, 
not fractures, but the, you know how like before it fractures, there's kind of like a hairline there. Like yeah. right. these prob, these cracks, these problems, but it definitely exposed them. Sure. And and and, and it's like one of these things where like if you're running, like sometimes you just have to stop to deal with something. Yeah. You can't. Sometimes you can get. Every pastor has to. Every pastor has marital problems. Right. Every. I hate to tell you all this, but like if you think, oh, Michael and Aubrey have this perfect, literally marriage. like right. yeah, heavenly marriage, and Simon and Lauren and Mark, Mark and Rose and blah blah blah. It's not like that. Right. At all. Like you probably would be like horrified. Like what the heck? They got to do a huge fight. I've never been in a fight like that. You know, like. But there are times where it's a one-off event or something that's going on and while the pastor is quote-unquote running he can at the same time chew bubble gum and run at the same time like you can kind of deal with this stuff and you can it doesn't it's not but then there's times where it's like i can't look left and right at the same time i can't i can try but it's not going to work especially when i feel like i've got all this other stuff kind of popping up all at once i'm right. like yeah, because you weren't Let's, just campaigning. You you had doors opening for you, yeah. like with people. Yeah, that's for the future. Thing. So it's like even though this election's lost, I met the coolest yeah. people. Like I, and it's not. It's not, I'm saying this because it's not like look how cool I am. It's like almost like look look at God. Like like I've texted with uh, Sharon Kennedy, who's God willing going to be our Chief Justice of our Supreme Court in Ohio. Yeah, and Max Miller. And uh, obviously Jim Renacci and Joe Knopp and Mike Gibbons and all of these people that I've taught. I don't have uh, J.D. Vance's cell phone number. I bet I could get it, though, Pretty, and he would write me back just because I'm some hillbilly that dropped out of high school that God, like, it, it right. makes me almost laugh that, yeah. like, it's like, how the heck did this happen? Yeah. Part of it, by the way, just practically speaking, is I showed up. Mm-hmm. So anybody could do what I did. Right. If you show up to events where these people are mm-hmm. with a good attitude, you they'll be nice to you too. Like that's oh by the way that is something I could name drop. There was only I'm not going to though. I'm not going to do this. It'd be really mean. But I met a lot of politically connected, very if you want to say powerful with at least within the state of Ohio. I know Brad Parscale by the way. Like. And he's very connected. Mm-hmm. Only one of all of these like super celebrity people in the political realm that I meet that I thought was a jerk. Yeah. And I'm talking dozens. Yeah. They're all pretty freaking cool people. Jim Renacci is not a, I would not say is a uh, gregarious, extroverted, super like light up the room character like Barack Obama or, or Donald Trump. This He's not like that. But he gave me a hug yeah. when we lost. Right. Like he, like these are he's and he's a multimillionaire. That's all. I mean, that's that's. I'm not speaking out of turn. That's all in his resume, and everyone right. knows he owns sixty businesses and bum 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 bum. But nice guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just and so right. if you show up, they're not like Hollywood celebrities. I don't think like they're right genuine people. Um, where was I going with this? Uh, but anyway, so yeah. I because of that, I feel like I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, for some reason, I'm hard to miss, first of all, because I'm loud, I'm big, ruggedly handsome, no, I'm kidding, um, but I'm hard to miss, 
and I'm, I have something to say. So it's like, I just, they have gravitated. Some of these people have more than you would think care what I think about things or ask me what I think. And so when you're, you're sitting here looking at this going, why is God doing this? Mm-hmm. Like I dropped out of high school. Like, you know what I mean? Like right. I've owned probably 30 cars not that they were like nice calls. Everyone is junky cars. Like I'm just, I'm just this guy in some ways. Like I feel like, how is that happening? And what am I? What is he wanting me to do with that? Because it's not a small thing. Right. No, not at all. So, and I know what I feel called and the urgency that I feel for our country, for our state, and for our, even our county. Like, I think we're in real, real danger. Mm-hmm. So, like, hmm. So, we'll see. I don't really know. I know that Naomi and I are going to go to a couple's retreat thing, put on my focus on the family in Branson, Missouri, which, by the way, Branson is a cool, I don't know if you've been there. Mm-mm. Branson is like a, almost like, not like Las Vegas. That's not, like, I don't know. It's like kind of a, it's kind of like uh, Gatlinburg, and it's like a kind of touristy area. It's kind of cool. Okay. We got all this stuff, so that, yeah. that'll be cool. We're doing that at the end of this month. Um, so because of that, it's like I don't really know what I'm going to do between now and the end of the month. But I'm going to help. I'm going to try my best, whatever way I can, to help Max Miller win. I do like him. He's a he's a really cool guy. Um. But I don't know after that exactly what all it's going to be. That's uh, cool. I want to be an activist, though, definitely, or and or work for work for work for getting Ohio um, sane. I mean, there's major problems, major major scandals. Uh, you know, I, I've got suspicions that Mike DeWine is involved, but I don't know that. But somebody is with First Energy. Mm-hmm. That's not a rumor. In fact, First Energy has admitted in court, like, we bribed Ohio officials. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... that's not, what that, do they have going on? What they, are they doing? First Energy is our... In, like, a nutshell. Yeah, I know, like, the, the company. So there was a major bill that was passed that gave them... I don't remember all the details. Um, major bill that was passed that gave them all kinds of access to basically be a monopoly in Ohio with providing yeah. electricity. And in order to get that deal done, they definitely, and this is an open court, this is not in dispute, there are people in jail right now, they greased the wheels. I mean, they were paying people off to vote yes, or to pass it, or to change the language, or these things. And so, without a doubt, because people are in jail, Randazzo, um, I can't. I don't know if he's been convicted or not, he may be claiming innocence, I don't, I don't know. But these are high-ranking people in state in Columbus. Yeah, this is not this is not politics. This guys, this is our government uh, that had major corrupt corruption problems. Right. So that stuff affects us. That stuff directly affects um, the prosperity of Ohio. It it it, it affects the uh, the integrity of our legal system. And blah 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 blah. So like. That's why we can't just let that go on. Right. And that's not like my hobby horse, but it's just an example of like Ohio has major, major problems. And you want to see change. Yeah. And not just for like, because, because it 
absolutely affects how we live here. And if you're from Ohio or living in Ohio, you think this is just normal America, right? Mm -hmm. But if you were living in Texas, you would feel like you had weights lifted off your shoulders, or Florida, or Tennessee, or even Indiana. So it does matter. Right. It does. It, it affects how much you make in your income. It affects your opportunities because companies don't want to come here. Right. Like, why would you? If you if you are a big company now, you do have Intel coming. That's a whole other issue. And I don't mean to get into this. <laughs> what aggravates me is when stuff that we talk about is going on in our our state or our county gets relegated to politics, mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, oh, we don't talk about that. I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about stuff that has real life implications. Like we had to pay them all kinds of money to come to Ohio. Mm -hmm. Why would a company come to Ohio where the game is rigged in favor of certain, maybe their competitors, they're not going to. Well, if they don't come here, so you don't know that, you don't, you don't feel the effect of that because they never came. Right. But if they would have come, You'd have opportunities maybe to apply to work for them. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So anyway, Ohio does have problems, and so I feel like we need godly people that will that can identify it and have op opportunity to make to actually put their finger on it and expose it and deal with it. Yeah. To do that. Because that's I good. care about my kids and your kids and right. what, what the kind of state they're going to grow up in. And that's what we need, man. And, you know, like, I'm, I'm really, really pumped to see, you know, how God, you know, uses those open doors as you step through them in faith. And, um, you know, we've been thankful to have you uh, serve as an elder of the church. And, uh, you know, for me particularly, uh, it was a joy. Was like, oh, yeah, I also want to say this. I, I want to say this. Um, part of my reasoning as to why I think, like, okay, I think I can do this is that the church is in excellent hands. With Michael and with Simon and Mark, um, I didn't feel like doing this would create some kind of massive problem for Michael or for the church not being able to function. Like we've got like an all-star team sitting there um, with these three guys, so we're in good shape. Well, we appreciate that, man. Um, and we feel good about it because you're still gonna be around. You know, like I think that's important and important for everybody to hear and understand is the foxes are around, they're sticking around, um, and going to continue to serve our church family. So, uh, thank you. Seriously, I mean, just just having uh, somebody to, to, to serve with home. me. It's a yeah. special, special place. Don't take it for granted. Do not, folks, do not take it for granted because we don't have very many Bible-based churches that are passionate about the lost i don't know why that's a crying shame that that is that is an uncommon thing right, right. now but it is um and so to have a church that's not perfect or anything like that but has that those that basic block those blocks down like passionate about the gospel not changing or backing off of it and cares about the lost and cares about people um it's very cool so like we're we're all in as far as that goes so your new title is Gare Bear. So huh. Gare Bear. That's what my nieces and yeah. nephew call me. Well, we appreciate you uh, taking the time to just talk on here. And uh, hopefully before uh, things ramp back up, we can get a few more podcast episodes in together. Yeah, man. Uh, we hope that this podcast helped you to put Jesus into perspective and gain some insight on uh, Gare Bear's uh, stepping down <laughs> but continuing to faithfully serve our church. Uh, it's been exciting to, to just see you grow in, in this, uh, this new role that I really do think uh, – the, the state of Ohio is going to be blessed uh, by. So 
If you have any questions, you can send those in to newhilloh.com slash ask. And church, go honor God in all that you do. Observe the things he's commanded. Provide to the needs of others and extend the offer that's been extended to you. Peace.